0: I think particularly with women and young women, maybe not so much, but in my generation, it was, I don't deserve
1: money. Mm. What do you mean by that?
0: That maybe it's okay that mediocrity is okay to not get out, to not make waves, to not step outside of the box, and just to not... Not make waves, just go along with the flow. And if you, if you, to to not step out and get uncomfortable because you might fail. When you start doing things with money,
1: you might fail. So here's the big question Have you ever been so financially frustrated from years of poor financial decisions only to wonder, why didn't they teach me in school anything about how to manage money? I've spent the last 20 years learning the secrets to how money really works and how to use it to get financially free on a goal to retire early. I've realized how much of an impact we could have on the world by teaching financial literacy, entrepreneurship, and a successful mindset. Join me as I interview some of the world's most successful business owners, coaches, and parents to get them to share their secrets on how you can not only learn, but teach these lessons to your kids to become financially free and impact your children's financial trajectory so they can avoid the frustration and go on to do great things. I'm Cody Laughlin and this is the Money Talkers Podcast. Welcome back to Money Talkers with your host, Cody Laughlin. I have Pam Prine here with me today. Um, she has got a very diverse background in the financial sector. Uh, and is really an investment um, advisor representative with the Keystone Capital Management Group, which is an investment firm and retirement planning firm and they, ha- they manage hundreds of millions of dollars for their clients. She has a major focus on the female uh, retirement piece and also on the entrepreneurial retirement piece. So it should be a lot of fun to talk about because that should be right in our Money Talkers wheelhouse. And so with yeah, that, welcome I'm to the excited. show,
0: Pam. Thank you. Excited to be here.
1: Well, I want to dive right in with you because I usually like to get the show started going quickly. Um, yes. I, I know that you said that something that lights you up is really talking about the female empowerment in the money discussion, because as, a, you know, as a man, like I look at things completely different than my wife, and it doesn't mean that I'm, I, you know, I have a better view, or she has a better view, but I think we learn and we look at things differently. And so why have you decided to focus on that? And what are some of the things that have stood out to you?
0: Well, when we're working with people I see a lot of um, I, I just see the real life happening, and you know I don't know in my generation, it was. You grow up you get married, the woman, you know, has the kids raises the kids, the man works, he kind of handles the money and what we're finding out is that, well, the average age of widowhood is 56 a woman has a, a chance of being alone. I think the average number of years that they can be alone is 17 years. And so wow. there's this whole um, money world that maybe they're into or maybe they're not, but that they um, they maybe are a little bit intimidated by it. They feel like they don't have the education. Like maybe it's something the male in the family should do, but men and women think and feel very differently about money. And so helping them get an education and understand. I have a quote here from Eleanor Blaney, and she said, helping women take charge of their financial situation does more for their self-esteem and inner sense of serenity than years of therapy focusing on peripheral issues. So whether we want to or not, at some we need to be able to be um, to have confidence with money to whatever level that that's important to us, whether we want to manage our own or just, you know, make that connection in our world, that that's going to um, help us have that confidence.
1: Yeah, and so um, I I find that really fascinating, because do you think there's differences in the generational piece about that? Because as I talk to people about kids, and 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 I learn things about you know, like Generation X is growing up now, my kids are in that. They consume things as far as information, Mm -hmm. vastly different than my generation or older generations or anybody before them because all the information that we are like, wow, we've got all this cool stuff that's at our fingertips. That's just, that's normal to them. And so do you, um, Is this being a parent show for kids? Like what would be some advice to, I guess, start well instead of retraining our brains like how would you train young people today to look at that young women i guess
0: it's interesting because we do have so much information thrown at us and it's the double-edged sword because it is just information and one of the things is we have to sort out what is correct information and what is just noise out there so i think that um understanding the importance and, and i think we talked about this earlier we are taught how to make money, but we're not really taught how to manage it. And um, with the information out there, it's it's not my mom's generation or how I was growing up. And we, we talked about, there were two things that weren't talked about in my home growing up. And you know one of them, we know what that is and the other one was money. So for me, money was like air, it was just there. I grew up on a farm which was very different, but I, money was never talked about. So I didn't really even start my education until I got married and realized that I had to pull up to a gas station to get gas in my car, rather than going to the gas station or to that, the pump that was by the corral and that <laughs> money was not in just in the bank because it was a bank. You had to earn it and put it there. And so I think with, with kids nowadays, um, they are making money, and they there there is so much information available to them. But I think starting for me, growing up, um, the word stock meant cattle, <laughs> and and so I think and people know me now, and they're like, oh my goodness, you know, you have this firm now, and you, and you manage money, but that's how you grew up. So one thing is that it is there is great education out there, and having those money discussions, and I think it's great for parents to start with their kids and say, um, well, how do you, what's your first memory of money? How do you think and feel? And if you go back to, again, our stories about money and sharing our stories about what our parents did and how we thought and felt about money and helping our kids kind of explore that, hey, hey, what, what do you think about money? How do you feel about it? Um, and having that experience of having to earn it having to save it. And I think, and and one of the things we talked about earlier is what you can do with money so much earlier in your life than if you wait until you think you have enough is to start now to, to start saving and, and um, just understand that there is so much that you can do with it at a young age in your life.
1: Why do, why do you think that it's such an uncomfortable conversation in the household? Because in my house, we talked about entrepreneurship a lot. I had entrepreneurial parents. So I just assumed I would own a business one day, right? It just was normal to me. I walked in and out. I, you know, I licked envelopes. Like I, you know, I, I answered phone calls when they needed that stuff. It just seemed normal to me. But we never talked about money, really. I mean, other than like, hey, I got a bonus. Let's go do something fun. Like, I was like, okay, cool. Like, I, I didn't really know anything. But like, I just, I always find it. You've got, you've come such a far distance. You deal with so many people now, like from, you know, the farm to, to, to managing other people's money, not just your own. Right. And, and, you know, uh, being a professional at that, like, what do you think causes that anxiety inside the household and how can we knock that down?
0: I think particularly with women and young women, maybe not so much, but in my generation, it was, I don't deserve
1: money. Hmm. What do you mean by that it's,
0: that maybe it's okay that mediocrity is okay to not get out to not make waves to not step outside of the box and just to not not make waves just go along with the flow and if you if you to, to not step out and get uncomfortable because you might fail when you start doing things with money you might fail and it's and you don't want to do that just just stay on the path that's easy.
1: I would tell stay people right? though that you will fail. Right, right. <laughs> right, you it's right. part of the process. I, my my kids know that part of the process is failing and learning from your failures. You know, we talk about it all the time. And, and it's I like, think I yes. think that but I think that that feeling of people like you might fail causes people to stop, but you don't, you will fail, (laughs) right? Like, cause that's, that's like, wait, I will, like, why would I do it then? Because you're going to learn from it and you, everybody fails. Everybody who's got success has failed a million times. Like,
0: and I think as parents, if we can share those failures and those life experiences with our kids, rather than just wanting to pave that, that yellow brick road for them. And so I think in not talking about, my parents didn't share the struggles. They didn't share the failures. They wanted to keep Everything, company, and or, or comfortable in the family, and so just making them think everything was okay. And so, you know, with money wise, it's just we're going to be okay, and you don't need to worry about any of the hard things. And I think if we teach our kids and share with them those failures and those experiences, that that it can be so powerful them rather than trying to protect them.
1: I love that you said that. It's a that's I think it's a great way to put it because I've told people that. One of the reasons I have, I started this Money Talkers podcast was I wanted to connect the relationship between parents and kids, mm-hmm. right? And so if your kids don't know how to open a bank account and you do, you're a financial expert compared to them, right? Right. If you start to have these conversations early and that taboo has gone, I feel like I, I'm curious as you deal with the older generation, because they've got the majority of the wealth a lot of times right. with wealth <laughs> managers, right? Mm-hmm. Um, they want, it's almost like you see, cause you see older generations then want to talk to their adult kids about money and that relationship was never built. And so it's, I, do you find it to be in a, a difficult or awkward conversation at that point? Like, do you think that there's merit in having these conversation, like these, these small conversations when they're young so that the family, it's not uncomfortable oh. to talk about money. Was that a value? Do you see that?
0: Oh, absolutely! Because as you get older, and then all of a sudden, the, the parents want to have a money, money conversation, and it's like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not what we talk about in our family. We don't talk about that. It's just going to be there, and it's going to be okay. But let's let's not talk because that can be uncomfortable.
1: So, and do you I, find them that they won't talk to them? Like, does there do you have kids? Like, let's say someone passes, and then they're coming to you because you've got to transition this money. They, they're just like completely. In the dark about everything or yes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Quite often. And and we encourage communication. We encourage the you know the conversation. And I can relate a quick story about my dad and how not communicating was so important is because he kept things um very private. And one of the things that he was doing, my mom passed away and he was a widower for 25 years. Oh wow. And so he didn't again not having those conversations, but one of the things that happened is that um, when he turned 65, he would he would just open his mail. But again, it wasn't money; it was money, so he didn't want to talk about it. didn't want to share anything with the kids. And what we found is that he, instead of he was getting these notices from an insurance company, but he didn't want to didn't want to deal with it. Didn't want to know what it was. And so we had found that not until he passed away that he was paying. a month for insurance for 20 years that he didn't need. And his insurance company had been sending him letters that he didn't need this. So you can imagine $1,200 a month over 20 years that he didn't need to be paying.
1: What? 200, almost $300,000. Plus, yes. plus the missing, and, plus the missing, uh, you know, 20 years of accrued interest and
0: yes. wealth and, and building and so, is probably, it's yeah. probably a million
1: dollars worth of cost.
0: Yes. Yes. <laughs> Over just not wanting to have a conversation. And it's like, and we're not thinking, oh, what we could have had, but what he could have enjoyed. Yeah. But again, it's that mum's that conversation. And so my goodness, my, my family's a perfect example of just keeping the conversation mum, and, um, you know.
1: Wow. That's, that, yeah, yeah, that's gotta, that's gotta be a driving factor for you when you're trying to get these people to, to open up. Right. And, uh, I, you know, I, 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 I was in the boat when I lost everything and I was so far in the hole and I did, I just didn't know what to do. I didn't really want to tell anybody, you know what? And I figured, you know what? I am so bad off at this point. I'm just going to talk about it, you know? And you know what happened? It was like, I started to do that. And it was really funny because friends that I had never had conversation with, would come up and start asking me about like credit or how are you getting out of this or what do you or I've got this problem. And we just start talking. And it's funny that my friends that that were let's call it money talkers with me uh-huh. have all been in the last, you know, what, 12 years of this uh, are all much better off financially than the ones that didn't the ones that right. held it to themselves uh-huh. that tried to take the world on because the financial world is so big it's not set up for you to win you right. know it's set up right. for fees and interest and you know uh and and collection of credit and all this fun you know all these all these great fun tools that we dangle in front of ourselves right
0: right, <laughs> right. but but looking back and this is really great to have this conversation because i wish that my parents would have come to me come to us as a family and said look we had a frost come in, we didn't get the crops like we thought, we are not in a position to do this, we we all need to cut back, instead of sacrificing things in their own life to keep everything comfortable around the kids, and if there's any, and even though I lived that, I started to repeat that history with my own kids, and right. so if, if you don't, um, you know, if, if if you're not careful, you just repeat those same patterns. So I, you know, now later in, in life, I'm sharing a lot more with them. But I think that's important too, to to just teach them the life lessons that that we have learned and start at a young age. Teach them savings. Teach them, you know, how to spend. Let them take their money. Let them go to the store. Um, you know, let them save up for something and and feel that that exuberance of of the accomplishment, and help them feel like money is a great tool in their life.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you said it's a tool, because it it, it is, and it's so personal and emotional to so many people, but you wouldn't be that way about a hammer if you're a roofer, you know, like, but everyone has to deal with it. And my my thought is, we're going to have these money challenges, you're going to take a money test, you know, all the time, you're taking money tests, you can either right. study for them or you can not. Like, do you, if you would want your kids to do well in the SATs, do you have them study for the SATs right. or do you take all the books away and all the reading materials and all the learning and stuff and, and never give it to them?
0: Right, right.
1: <laughs> you know, but so I, I would, I, you know, I'm, and I'm hoping to do that through this podcast and 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 just talking about these things because I, I hope that parents see it much less emotionally.
0: Right. Right. And money is such an emotional, um, it's such an emotional issue that we don't realize. And sometimes we're bringing back fears from our childhood or conversations from our childhood that we have these, these conceptions about money and we don't really even know where it came from. And it was things that we would, you know, that, that we dealt with in our childhood. And I don't want to bring everything back as though, you know, our childhood is something we all need therapy from. But um, you know, a lot of our misconceptions in the way we handle money comes from subconsciously about our, our experience growing up.
1: We all have a money story, right? You know, and we've written all these chapters, and it's not like you can rewrite the chapters because uh-huh. it's been your money story. But if you're in chapter nineteen, and that's where you you know mentally picture yourself at, right? You get to write chapter twenty and on, right you know, and that's the thing I think a lot of people don't realize is the paradigm of the way that you look at something is um, changeable. And it's you also it's influenced, right? Right. And so that's one of the beautiful things I have learned doing this podcast and talking to people like yourself is that I have had some amazing conversations with my kids in the last year and a half. Because I've been taking these things in about talking about it. And I'd feel like a hypocrite if I didn't.
0: Right. And it's just,
1: there's been some beautiful moments where like, I am just asking them what, the, how they see the world. And it's so, I, I'm never right. <laughs> oh. So I think a lot of times with parents, when we have these holdups, like we got to keep the house perfect because they can't know because of stress and this, but there's really stress in the background. I feel like kids will feel yeah. that stress and, and place it to themselves a lot of times. Instead of, Instead of realizing like, no, I'm not the problem. There's a problem out there that's, that they're, they're telling me about now. So now I, you know what I mean? I, uh-huh. You know what I, I mean by that? was kind of a roundabout way to think like, I'm trying to think about through that, right. like just where, you know, kids, if you don't talk to them about these things, if you don't share these problems, now, you know, I, I think there's a level, right? To So they don't oh, go sure. to bed terrified uh-huh. at night, uh-huh. you know, or anything, right. but right. you know, they, they want, they should be involved in the family because that's the family unit.
0: Right. And I think one thing that I, um, I'm thinking here is my parents, um, they kept conflict out of our life as kids, mm-hmm. and it was a it was a very comfortable, great way to grow up. But then, as I got older and began to to experience conflict, I thought there was something wrong yeah. with me <laughs> because conflict doesn't exist. So, as a parent, teaching your child how to deal. With conflict, particularly when it comes to to money and the failures and the successes and and just the small things that can make such a difference, you know, you're not doing them any favors by keeping them comfortable.
1: Couldn't agree more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's a hard one, you know. That's a hard. It's a very hard one to do in the moment, you know. It's almost like talking. Talking about these, I you know, so I'm a big Stephen Covey fan, and one of the things uh-huh. he teaches is, um, you know, when you learn something, you should go be to be a teacher of it because it will solidify right. it inside of you, yeah. and also you'll feel like a hypocrite if you don't follow your advice, uh-huh. right? And so, I, I, it's, it's very difficult sometimes when you catch yourself in that mode, you know, and you're trying to stop, and you're like, wait a minute, I got to stop and bring that story back in, and and I, but right. I find that if you're talking about these things with your kids. Sometimes we have this ability to try and hide these things from our kids and we do that in our mind as protection to them. But if we were open to have these conversations with them, it's also a reason because we know we're going to have to change and do something different (laughs) and face, face the Mm -hmm. mirror, Mm -hmm. right? If we're telling our kids where we're at, but I would also say that if you face the mirror, we all know that's the right way to go to get the problem solved, right?
0: Yeah, exactly, exactly. (laughs) So there's one, um, there's just a little fact I want to throw out there. And you talked about how, uh, what an impact when you learned about compound interest and the rule of 72 and, and those kind of things. But um, there's a, a question I want to throw out there. What does it take to blow $10,000 a year on a daily rate? If you, what, what does it take to blow $10,000 a year?
1: Was that uh 30 bucks a day?
0: a day. You're, You're almost right on there. But think about that. How many of us stop at Walgreens and we go in for lotion and a couple of things and we come out with, $30, $50 30 to $50 worth of stuff.
1: Yeah, don't take me yeah. to a Sam's Club. Yes, <laughs> I cannot come exactly. out of Sam's Club with a less than 400 dollars bill. It's impossible. Oh. I don't even know what I get. I just walk out with all this fun stuff and I'm like, yeah. And I'm like, what? Right. I went in for ribs. Like, what how did this happen? Right.
0: Or another, <laughs> another thing that I did, I can't sleep at night. I get on my phone and I do on, I shop online. It's a lot of times <laughs> when I buy, I mean, and you think, well, $25 a day might be a lot, but it's really not. So if you think of what you might blow, just $25 a day, $10,000 a year, times that by 30 years,
1: you can that find can
0: make a huge impact. And I think those are the things yeah. that when when kids can grasp around that, what a difference it can make, you know, and, and you, because too many times I think, oh, I have to save too much. I have to do too much. It's too hard but it's the younger you start the simpler it is but we're not getting any younger so you know when's the best time to plant a shade tree was 20 years ago but when's the next best time right now
1: that's one of my favorite yeah (laughs) um you know i taught some kids uh sixth and seventh graders and i showed them compound interest and uh i said you know how many of you guys have earned money and you know i would say i was in like a cotillion type thing and so there was like you know um probably most of the kids raise their hand because they're babysitting. Uh-huh. I said, can you make 10 bucks an hour? And they said, yeah. I said, Could you work one hour a week? Yeah. I'm like if you put that 10 bucks away, you'll be a multimillionaire. And they, what? So you're gonna put in about $37,000. You're going to have close to $2 million. If you put it just in an S and P fund an average S and P fund with low fees, I'm like, and you just put that in a retirement account. I'm like, you, you guys will never have to do anything other correctly the rest of your financial life by putting forty dollars yes. a month away.
0: Small consistent acts, yeah. And I, I wanted to share something with you that I'm yeah. um, doing with my grandkids because I have eight of them, and you know, oh, that's awesome. And I went into that spending, you know, mode, and, and always want to do things. I like thought, wait a minute, you know, I didn't do everything right with my kids, but with my grandkids instead of presents and stuff, I want to give them experiences Mm. and I want to teach them about investing young. Mm -hmm. And so at every event, you know, for their birthdays and things, I, in Christmas, I try to give them an experience with grandma and grandpa, but I also give them $50. I give it to their parents that they can buy stock with. And there's, there's lots of different things and I'm, I'm not promoting certain stocks here. I'm not, yeah. doing that, but there's a, there's a site that they can go on. It's very child friendly, and even if they start by just seeing a Disney or a, a Coke site, you know, something that they, then they we are having these conversations, and they can buy fractional shares, so I always say, what did you buy this with that birthday money, or what did you buy with your Christmas money, or what did you buy with your graduation? It's just $50, and they know that that comes to them and that they buy stock from the time they're three months old to to on and I think what a difference that is going to make for them.
1: What 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 site is this?
0: Actually, I use stockpile. Stockpile. And I'm not promoting that particular particular site. I have to be very careful.
1: I'm. I'm yeah. It, it's very. It's very friendly. friendly.
0: There are several you can choose from. It's just that something that I came up with on a a personal um, basis, found that, and I use it and got the, you know, I'm working with my kids for my grandkids. And and I just love that, knowing that this $50, and even the grandsons now, they're 16 and 13, and they'll get on and they'll say, oh, I bought Tesla and it went down and I bought Amazon. They get a little competitive, but I love that, that they're learning. Yeah. You know, at this young age. Too.
1: Well, you know, I love that because my dad and I, uh, he did that with me, but we didn't have, you know, apps to do these things at the time. Right. So right. the newspaper would come in every Wednesday, it would have a, a stock ticker list. <laughs> and, uh-huh. uh, and I owned uh, Best Buy and Checkers because right. <laughs> i right. love jecker's burgers when they first came out sure and, and <laughs> now they... i look back i'm like oh those are terrible but <laughs> I just remember right. and then best but... buy i went to I went, not best buy i'm sorry i went to blockbuster it was i had uh-huh. blockbuster stock because i'd always gone i'm like i go to blockbuster
0: right. sure. uh-huh.
1: that's cool yeah. and, and
0: i love that they get on and they call me and they tell me what they bought and how's it doing and oh it's going down and i thought such great life lessons that fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic yeah that's fantastic because so the, the conversation's got to be amazing Right, right. And so you're know, like, maybe I didn't do so much good with my kids, but with my grandkids, you know, I'm really trying to start them early. Hey
1: and your it's best a, it's, time to best time to plant the stock tree is today, right? Right. right. <laughs> Not 20 years ago.
0: Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> 20 years ago would have been the best time to do the stock tree, but today. Uh-huh. <laughs> by the right. time today. So, so that's
0: grandparents. That's a that's a, a great thing. No, that's yeah.
1: fantastic. Thank you for sharing that. And Pam, okay. I gotta ask you, we've got to stop. So um okay. where uh who should find you and where do they find you at?
0: Uh, Our website is KeystoneGroupAZ.com. That's KeystoneGroupAZ.com. We have a lot of webinars. We have podcasts. We have all kinds of educational tools on there. Uh, Phone number is 623-299-9710. We're here in Glendale, Arizona, but again, we're just a Zoom away. So um, it's made, you know, that the distance isn't a problem, but um, yeah, just reach out and have conversation, we can give you ideas, we can educate, you can get you connected. I've noticed that in my life, it's the connections that I have that are important. I am never going to be a technology specialist. It just is a weak, weak area, but I can have confidence in the technology around me because who I connect myself with. So maybe, like I said, maybe finances is not going to be, ever be your specialty, but as you can make those connections, to people that can help you, I just think you're one connection away from something incredible.
1: Leveraging specialists is a uh, is a massive key to successful uh, people that I that I talk to. What's that? Le- leveraging specialists yes. is a is a uh-huh. massive key to financial experts that I talk to or people that have had financial success
0: right most people, people don't rail, know yeah. that
1: much about money but they know to f- how to find somebody who does and
0: they don't want to admit that they don't know it and it's okay at keystone you've got a comfortable place to land and you're free to ask there's no such thing as a as an inappropriate or stupid question so people i can't bake people so
1: i go to the bakery right exactly.
0: <laughs> exactly and
1: that's
0: that's well, why we're or why we do what
1: we do? Thank you so much for coming on Money Talkers. Uh, please seek them out. Um, you know, I, I love the aspect that you're teaching uh, into a in, in, in focusing and focusing, specialized on the female side of things because there's that anxiety in there. But again, if you don't know, there's no shame. But every every okay. every Michelin chef started as a as a busboy. So Absolutely. you know, you've got to find people that are experts or uh, find people that will educate. And so, thank you so much for coming on Money Talkers with me. I appreciate it.